and welcome back to Middle Ground. I'm Jo, and this week's going to look a little bit different than last week's because it is our first ever solo episode. You'll be able to catch Caroline again next week. She's doing her first solo episode for you all then, but this week I'm going to be talking to you guys all about business, how I became self-employed, Uh, how I got over the fear of failure to make the jump from a normal nine to five to being self-employed and uh, hopefully just tell you guys a little bit about my story and how I fell into wedding photography. And so first I want to start with our traditional grounding moments. For me this week, my grounding moment was just last night. Uh, Matt and I got to enjoy the beautiful weather and we went outside and played frisbee which I don't know if any of you guys like to play frisbee, but I love to just throw it back and forth and hang out in the backyard. But we discovered something when we were playing frisbee, and that is Oko, our younger dog, is terrified of the frisbee. It's fine if we're throwing it back and forth, but if we walk up to him and have it in our hand, he will run away with everything he has. It terrifies him. So that was kind of funny, (laughs) but um, in general, just getting outside, spending some time away from my phone, my computer work, spending time with my family, that definitely was my grounding moment this week. A lot of you asked whenever I said we were doing solo episodes for me to talk about my photography journey and how I started my business, so that's what we're going to do. I'm going to go ahead and jump right in and get started. Uh, So I started with photography when I was actually in middle school. I got my first point-and-shoot camera when I was going to a swim meet, and it was an out-of-state swim meet. I wanted to be able to capture memories with friends. I got an open-box point-and-shoot camera from Best Buy for like $80. I mowed the lawn for like three or four weeks to get the money, and I started taking pictures. And from there, it became a hobby. And when I was 15, my parents got me my first DSLR camera for Christmas, which was a huge upgrade. And I started shooting seniors. But then whenever I got to college, I took a step back and decided that I didn't want to pursue photography. And I was going to get a business degree. And I was going to get a normal nine to five. I was intimidated by the idea of working for myself. I was still taking pictures on the side some. But it wasn't until my junior year of college that a few friends and acquaintances asked if I would photograph their weddings. And so in June of 2014, I photographed my first ever wedding. I'd never even been to a wedding as an adult, I don't think, before that. And I enjoyed it, and it was fine. And the next month, I photographed my best friend Jaycee's wedding in July, and I enjoyed that too. It was okay, but I walked away feeling like, you know, weddings aren't for me. It was fine. It went okay, but that's not my career. So I went back for my senior year of college and um, did normal college thing, got done with school and applied for jobs and was looking for marketing positions. I wanted to work for a local business and ended up, I ended up landing a job with Mod Boutique in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and I absolutely loved working there. I did all of their marketing and their advertising and their imagery, and uh, it was a lot of fun. But before I graduated and got that job at Maud, I'd had a friend that got engaged who had asked if I would photograph her wedding. And I wasn't so sure about it. It had been a year or so since I had photographed those other weddings, and I really didn't think that's what I wanted to go into. 
but she convinced me otherwise and she got married in November. So I was working at Maud and I photographed her wedding and that was the wedding that changed everything for me. Her wedding was featured by Arkansas Bride in one of their photo contests in December the next month and things kind of snowballed from there. I ended up with eight weddings in 2016, but I was still working full-time and I really wasn't confident that what I wanted to do was take the jump and start working full-time for myself. I was really intimidated by it. I was afraid of what friends would think, what family would think. I wasn't taking myself seriously, so it was definitely hard to consider the concept that somebody else could take me seriously. You know, there was a lot of fear there. I didn't know what I wanted. But in October of 2016, I had two weddings and I had like 18 portrait sessions that month, which I guess to me sounded like a ton. I don't know what it sounds like to you all that are photographers that are listening or non-photographers, but two weddings, a full-time job and 18 sessions was bonkers. I'll never forget that month. And that was the month that I kind of started to decide I have to make a decision whether I'm going to take this on full time and pursue it as a career or if I am going to stop accepting weddings because my 2017 calendar was starting to fill out. I had six or eight weddings booked already and I needed to make a call. And that same fall, I went to a workshop um, by a wonderful photographer named Ben Sasso went out to California and got the opportunity to be around all kinds of photographers and learn from them. And it was the first time that I realized that business and working for yourself isn't so much about having the best product or what other people think. And it's a lot more about believing in yourself and taking care of your customers. And so I got back from that workshop. I talked to my wonderful boss and I made the decision that come January... I would be leaving Maud and pursuing photography full-time. And I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified, but I'd taken a lot of steps to make sure that I was going to be okay. And that's kind of what I'm going to walk you guys through in this episode is how I prepared, how I made sure that I was not only financially prepared, but mentally prepared and all of those things. Um, So yeah, I went ahead and made that jump. I shot 28 weddings in 2017, and things just continued to grow. In 2018, I shot nearly 50. Um, I shot weddings internationally. I was lucky enough to travel all over the country and start building a team. Caroline started working with me, and I had all of these new opportunities Um, I finished my presets in 2018 and decided after lunch at a subway with Caroline in Salt Lake City, Utah, that it was time to release those. And I realized that, you know, what I had felt in the beginning where weddings weren't necessarily my passion was true. Weddings weren't my passion. What I really, really loved was the business side. And so I built my business and I kept photographing weddings with the idea in mind that in the future I wanted to teach and educate other young women and men how they can pursue their dreams and their passions and create the business they've always wanted and the life they've always wanted. Um, 
So that gets us to where we are now. In 2018, I set the goal that I was going to start backing off from weddings. So 48 in 2018, 42 in 2019 weddings, and this year I am only shooting 25, and I'm able to focus more time and energy into Jump In With Joe, which is my workshop that I put on for photographers. I'm able to put more time into digital products. There are going to be online courses coming out this year that I'm really excited about, and also I was able to focus on my family and my personal life. I'm an Enneagram 3, which is the achiever, and I can tend to get really absorbed by my goals and my business aspirations and my career aspirations, so I've been trying to take a step back and really focus on having balance between my work life and my personal life. Um, But if you're listening to this and you're in that 9 to 5 stage and you have a passion, whether it be graphic design, photography, um, I can think of a million different things. Um, What else could I share? Art, if you love to paint, if you love to do nails, if you love to do any kind of service or creative thing that you're looking to make your full-time job, an Etsy shop, etc. I want you to listen to this and start considering the steps you need to take to be done with that nine to five and working for yourself. I can't say it enough that anybody that wants to be self-employed, you can do it, but it's a ton of hard work and there's a lot of pros and cons and there are wonderful aspects of being employed by someone and even corporate world. Um, And there are a lot of benefits to being self-employed. It just depends on what you want. But if you think this might be something you want and you're looking for tips and tricks, I'm going to walk you guys through the three big things I did to prepare to quit my job and pursue photography full-time. So failure, it's such a scary topic and I know it's something that any artist or creative that wants to work for themselves full-time deals with. There's this huge fear in leaving a traditional job and working for yourself. It's terrifying. And not only in that, in all walks of life, there's this huge fear of failure. And the thing that I really encourage you to flip the script on and change the way that you think is no longer think of it as failure. Trying isn't failing. Trying's learning. The not trying is whenever you really truly fail. Because if you've never quit your job and pursued your passions and tried to become self-employed, if that's something you really want, aren't you failing already? I, I know that seems harsh, but if you've never taken the dive and gone for it, you're not getting to do it anyway. So why not at least get out there and make the attempt? And if it doesn't go well, you can always get another job. There will always be jobs there. And I know right now is a scarier time than ever. We have COVID. We have a global pandemic. We have an election coming up. There are wild things happening in the world. And I understand right now might not be the most comforting time to take those chances. So if that's the position you're in and you want that reliability of your job, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm going to talk about the three things that you could be doing to prepare that as the world adjusts and gets back to normal, hopefully, you could be doing these three different things 
so that when things are a little more stable, you can take the chance and get started pursuing your passions and what you want to be doing full time. So I think one of the biggest fears in the whole wide world whenever you decide you're no longer going to do a nine to five and you want to work for yourself is finances. Am I going to make enough money to pay my bills? Am I going to make enough money consistently to budget and have the things that I want, etc.? How do I pay for insurance? How do I prepare for all of that? And I think it's what stops a lot of people and understandably so that's really intimidating And so the number one thing I did when I was preparing to quit was I financially prepared to be on my own. I figured out my personal bottom line so that I knew exactly how much I needed to make each month in order to pay my bills and feed myself, which is very important. Um, I have a actual blog post all about figuring out your bottom line that kind of talks about budgeting and consistent income, how to figure out how much you need to make each month in order to pay your rent, to pay your mortgage, whatever it is for you. Um, And it goes into details about that. I really recommend looking that up if you're looking to go full-time doing something and you're trying to financially prepare. Once you figure out that bottom line, whenever I started for me, I think it was like $1,500 a month I needed to make after taxes not including saving, not including any fun stuff. That was what would cover my rent, cover my groceries, cover my insurance and those important things. And so I started there and that's how I decided how much I needed to have saved before I quit my nine to five. It was really important to me that I had three months of that bottom line saved so that if going out on my own, I did fail and I wasn't able to make what I needed to make to make ends meet, I had time to go out and find a job. That allowed me to get out of the nine to five, start working full time for myself without the pressure of knowing that I immediately needed to be making this amount of money that allowed me to pay my rent. I sat down and I evaluated my pricing. I took into consideration how much I needed to make. I took into consideration my business cost, how much I wanted to be making. I needed my pricing to support all of me now. And it was going to need to be my whole income, which meant I needed to charge more and I needed to be confident in charging more. And so when financially financially preparing yourself to get over that fear of failure, there's so much more than just saving money and making sure that you're making enough. You need to really understand the ins and outs of your business financially so you can be confident in what's going on and what's happening. Yeah. Y'all, talking to a mic by myself in my closet is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. I uh, feel like I can normally talk to a brick wall, but talking to you guys in this way and not having somebody affirm me and respond to me, harder than expected. But we're here. We're doing it. Um... Here's the deal. When it comes to pricing, you need to make sure that you're including everything that you need to cover. You have taxes, you have costs, you have all kinds of things that you're looking into. And to feel confident being able to quit that job and pursue something, you need to know that your pricing covers what you need it to cover. So do your research, cover yourself, make sure that you're making enough that You're comfortable and confident living your lifestyle and working for yourself. 
The last thing that I did to prepare myself financially moving into pursuing my job and getting over that fear of failure, I made sure that I had some work booked out so I knew I had some kind of income um, moving forward. And that really helped because I was able to quit my job in January. I knew that I had enough work through March that I could pay my bills. And then I had that savings too. So I had about six months to really pursue and dream and work without anything hanging over my head, feeling like that was going to be the end. Um, So I really can't recommend it enough. Start financially preparing first. Then when you feel like you're in a good headspace financially, you can go ahead and start preparing a better workflow. Prepare a separate workspace. If you're going to be working from home, make sure that you have a functional space, a chair, somewhere you can sit all day, that you have decent posture. Create a space that you're happy to be working in. I worked on my branding and made sure that everything that I had coming out had a clear message. I wanted people to see my name at the time and think wedding photographer. And so that included putting together my pricing guide for my next season that I could send to potential brides. I made new business cards and I handed out those business cards to every single person I met. Um, I got all of my contracts in order and made sure that I was legally covered. I made sure that I had my LLC written up. I met with my accountant. I got all of that workflow put together so that whenever I quit my nine to five and was working for myself full time, I didn't have to stress about that stuff. All those ducks were in a row. And I can't express to you enough how important it is to get all that stuff taken care of so you can focus on the important part. And that's succeeding. And that's making your passions into a job and making that a reality. You don't have to worry about taxes if you've already gotten all that stuff done. So really try and get that workflow in order. Talk to an accountant. Talk to a lawyer. Talk to the people who are going to help you get your business in line and prepare that better workflow. And then lastly, the thing that I did was I changed my overall mentality. I spoke on this a little bit at the beginning, But I think the most important thing you can do is flip your perspective and uh, start opening your eyes that the person who's failing is the one who isn't trying to jump in at all. Prepare yourself to fail. I know it sounds counterproductive, but accepting that I could fail was a huge win for me. I didn't have to worry about failing because I had already made peace with the idea that it could happen, and I had a plan for how I would get back up and try again. I think there's some statistic out there that says most successful business people have had a number of failed businesses before they have their succeeding one. And I'm no different. I have failed. I have had people unhappy with their photos. I've given bad customer service. I've made my number of mistakes over the years. But what's really important is getting back up and how you respond to them, how you move forward. And so I really, really, really want you guys to leave this podcast feeling that it's not about failing. It's about not trying. Whatever you decide not to try at, you're already failing. So if you're in that mindset and you're trying to figure out how to take the leap of faith, go for it. I'm telling you, set the goals, prepare for it 
Start financially preparing, start getting your workflow in line, and start flipping that script on failure. You're so much more than your mistakes. You're how you handle them. And it goes above and beyond just falling on your face. I can't tell you guys how many times I have failed and fallen on my face at things. You know, I don't focus on that stuff though. I learn from it and I move forward. For instance, I had this really big goal in 2018 that I wanted to hit 20,000 followers on Instagram. It was my biggest marketing goal. I was posting daily. I was trying to create engaging content and I was determined. And I got to December of 2018 and I think I had like 14,000 followers. I wasn't even close. I barely even grew that year. And I learned a lot from it. I, yes, I didn't hit my goal and that was really sad for me, but no one else was paying attention. You know, nobody else was judging me for that. Only I was judging myself. And instead of think of it as a failure, I looked back and I thought, what about this year caused that? Why aren't you growing? Why aren't things changing? And I I realized it was because I was so focused on growing my followers and doing steps one, two, and three (laughs) that I lost the genuine connection with my audience. I wasn't being honest. I wasn't sharing because I wanted to share. I was sharing because I felt like I had to in order to reach a goal. And that wasn't something I learned until I failed. And so I spent the entire next year, I was like, okay, this year's goal is not to reach a certain number of followers. Instead, we're just going to create engaging content. We're going to teach. We're going to create a place that everyone feels safe and loved and accepted. And that's the brand we're going for. And I found in that year more success than ever. I still didn't grow on Instagram. (laughs) I still didn't reach that goal. But I found that I was more connected with my audience than ever. I was able to call them friends and get to know them. And it evolved my whole brand. And that failure of not reaching that goal was the first time I was taught the lesson that the number of people following you doesn't really matter. If a hundred people are following you and are genuinely invested in you, you can run a successful business. It's not about providing a service to thousands. It's about providing a really good service to a few loyal customers who keep you going. And that was a really good lesson for me. And so if you're in that spot where you're fearing that failure just so much, I want you to dig deep and look at the times that you failed in your life and how they've gotten you where you are. Because failure's not the enemy. It's the avoiding things to avoid failing. That's a problem. We need to go after our dreams. We need to seek our full potential And to find that full potential, you're going to fall and you're going to fall hard (laughs) a lot. And to me, the more I've fallen, the more I've failed, the easier it's gotten for me. You learn how to get back up. You learn that failing is so exciting because that just means you have so much more to grow and go. 
the podcast for me has been exhilarating because let's just get down to it. This is probably not the best solo episode you've ever listened to. (laughs) It may not have a perfect pattern to it. It may not have a perfect outline. It may not get across the point that I'm perfectly trying to get across. But I also know that I'm learning something new and I'm putting myself out there and I'm attempting. And even if it's horrible and people don't like it and I fail, I'm a better person for it. I'm going to learn. I now know things about audio recording that I would have never known otherwise. I know things about marketing that I would have never known otherwise. And I can use those things in the next walk of life, in the next career that I pursue, in the next goal I have. And so whenever you really shift that mindset, everything changes. Everything gets a little easier and you can really get past that fear of failure. So the three things that I talked on today that I'm hopeful you guys will take home and start learning if you're wanting to pursue photography, graphic design, Etsy shop, all those things I named in the beginning. If you have a goal of quitting your full-time job, working for yourself full-time, number one thing is start to financially prepare. And that has, doesn't have to be done quickly. You don't have to have loads of money set aside right away. You know, give yourself time, give yourself grace, give yourself patience and work to have that financial stability. That way you can go into that full-time job working for yourself, knowing that you're taken care of. I think that's so important. The second thing that I spoke on is try and get that workflow figured out. Talk to your lawyer, talk to your accountant, find a lawyer, find an accountant. They're going to be your saving grace. They're going to help you in ways that you may not understand. For me, the financial side of the business, making sure that I'm paying my taxes right, making sure that I'm paying my sales tax right, things like that, it's really hard for me. And so I hired an accountant and she helps walk me through that. And those kinds of decisions are the things you need to start making in order to get that workflow together. And then the last thing, which I think I've repeated about half a dozen times is flip the script, stop thinking of falling as failing and think about not trying as the failure. Because no matter what you try, if you fall flat on your face, we learn from it. And learning so much better than never trying. We don't like what ifs here. What ifs are not our friend. Instead, we're going for it. Well, <laughs> I guess that's kind of what I had to say. I'm hopeful that any of that was remotely helpful. This has definitely been intimidating. And I know that it's a shorter episode than usual. But I... I'm hopeful that if you're listening and you have a dream of pursuing anything you love, that you feel like it's attainable. I I really can't express that enough that no matter who you are, what you do, you're worthy of working for yourself if you want to. It's not the only way to do things, but if you want to do it, you can have it. It's hard work. It takes dedication, it takes time, it takes some funky hours sometimes, but you can do it. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and pull a question from our Instagram for today. 
And that question that I have been saving for today is all about creative comparison. One of you asked, how do I not get bothered when another creative is recreating my work and calling it inspiration? I think this is a really good question because, boy, was that tough for me for a while. I got really caught up when I felt like somebody else was recreating something that originated in my brain. I also think this is a really hard topic right now with things like TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest. The thing is, I had to once again shift my mindset and realize that everything has been done at some point in some way. But what's unique about you is the way you see the world and your perspective. So regardless, if somebody recreates something identical to yours, it's still different because you did it. And I had to grasp that mindset. I had to realize that if they could recreate exactly what I was creating and that they were getting business off of that, it was time for me to be innovative and create something they couldn't recreate or create something that I felt like only I could do. Because what sets you apart isn't only your product, only your art, but also who you are and your customer service and your customer experience and all of those things. And so while I know it's hard when somebody seems to be just recreating your work or copying something, everybody starts somewhere and I think it's really important to give people grace. And that's a perfect situation to be able to do that. Encourage those people, give them grace, compliment their work. They're going to find their own path. Nobody spends their whole lives recreating the same person. And so while I know it might be hard to have somebody recreate something and then get business off of that, I find the best way to handle it is let it go. But I don't know. That's not necessarily a right answer. And I guess I should give that preface on all things I teach on here. There is more than one path and more than one correct path to every situation. And so while that's how I would handle it, if that doesn't sit well with you, you know, you can have the conversation, you can open the dialogue, but I think it's always best to move forward with grace and kindness and invite them in. All right, friends, that is that. And I cannot believe that we somehow made it through. I know this week was a short episode. I have had a crazy couple of weeks and this was intimidating and I want to go longer, but I feel like I've wrapped my points and I don't want to talk just for talk's sake. So you can find me, Joe, at Joe Johnson Overby on Instagram and TikTok. You can find Caroline, who is not with me today, but you will hear from next week at Caroline Stelty on Instagram and TikTok. And you can find the podcast at Middle Ground Podcast on Instagram. And we're thankful that you're here and thankful for your support. And we're just excited to get to do this podcast, get to know you guys, and let us know what else you want to hear from us. Love y'all. Have a great day.